1: They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wick and Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper, Dan Clark, and Damien Farrar Hockley. Two big games to discuss this week, we start with the happiest stuff, Saturday's 5-2 smashing of Peterborough United. Goals from Jack Grimmer, Kieran Sadlier, David Wheeler and a couple of own goals, one notably coming from posh keeper Nicholas Bilokopic, capped off a fantastic performance, the best possible start to a very difficult extended run of games for the Blues. Boys, we were loving this. On Saturday, the chat was full of love emojis. Um, do we think that this uh, this performance was the best of the Bloomfield era?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, Fleetwood away was uh, was up there, wasn't it? There's been a couple of others as well. But I think it was probably the most complete performance. Um, you know, we looked dangerous every time we attacked. And admittedly, that did have a lot to do with the fact they had Krusty the Clown in Goal. Um, <laughs> But no, I thought we, we looked really dangerous attacking. Uh, I thought Butcher just gave us a really good level of control in midfield that we probably haven't seen this season so far. Um, I thought it was really, really good. Um, atmosphere seemed really positive. Apart from, weirdly enough, the bloke behind me, he was still moaning when we were 5-2 up. Um, so I'm not quite sure what we've got to do to uh, to cheer him up. Uh, hopefully, he got a Valentine's Day card on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, and he'll be he'll be smiling this week. But it was a really good performance. Um, it was almost the perfect performance, wasn't it? Look, you're always going to come under pressure from from a side who's that good at some point in the game, and you know they had their little spell. Um, I don't th- I don't think it it was because we backed off. I don't think we were trying to back off. I think um, I think they just had a really good, strong spell. Um and, and caught us out a couple of times, but look what a response! It you kind of feel like four or five weeks ago we probably would have crumbled under that, and we'd have finished up three all or or losing four three. But no, really good response, very very much deserved. I'm so pleased for Blooms at the end, um, and all of the lads because they've worked hard for that. Um, and top top performance.
3: Peter clearly haven't learned, have they? They had that. Sound of a goalkeeper in in the away game. And you almost cost them the game that day, and but I just think we didn't let them get into the game. Apart from that ten mad ten minute period in the middle, um, and you said it at the start. I generally think that was the best performance under Bloomfield so far. Um, but you can look at some other previous um, previous performances running up to this. And we've been getting better. So it's been coming. For a little while, we were going to smash someone. And I know Adam said about the Fleetwood game, but um, that was against Fleetwood, with with all respect. But Peterborough are a team chasing the playoffs. And, well, I didn't go there expecting that. Hmm. I don't know if any of you guys did, but I didn't go there expecting to actually hammer them. Dan does Um, every week. (laughs) Well, Dan was almost right this week. Almost right. I actually said to my brother when we were there, Go on, just, just just let one at the end. Let one <laughs> at the end. So Dan can be right for once. <laughs> I'll be happy with five three. <laughs> but there, you know, was no hat- there was no Sean and No Vine hat trick there was there. Unfortunately. But no. It was
0: I it was just... it was divine though.
3: Oh, the whole thing was divine. And and the fact that a load of their fans left when it went three 0 which is funny, and then a few of them I saw running back when they heard that they scored two. And then we scored another one and they all went again. <laughs> so fine. Cheerio. Happy with that.
4: It would have been Sodslaw's the first week. It didn't put the fucking bet on that we would have come close, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sodslaw. Um it, yeah, it was coming. Their keeper not splitting hairs here. The kit, ke- their keeper is wank. I, I he's gonna cost them he's gonna cost them the playoffs chance. He was shit.
2: He was shite there as well, wasn't he? He was, he uh, was.
4: Yeah. And like before, in the Exeter game, they'd lost five two own goals. They have scored two own goals in this game. They're just like self-destructing. Like, what, what's going on there?
0: What do you think? What do you think, Darren Ferguson is seeing in him? What do you think, Darren and his coaching staff? Have, have, have they gone mad?
4: No. Well, I think he's a young keeper with promise, by all accounts.
3: I'm guessing he's just trying to back one of their own. Didn't he? Didn't he, I know he's not from here, but didn't he come through the ranks a
4: little bit? I don't know. I mean, you've got Jed Steer, who's a proven goalkeeper, and, uh, and you go back to playing him. I don't know. There must be. There must be something.
0: It does look like Peterborough really, uh, very similar to to how we were playing at the start of the season. Very kind of stubborn with a footballing philosophy. This idea of playing it out from the back and the idea of having a bit of a sweeper keeper, but it's not <laughs> good and it doesn't work if your goalkeeper can't actually do that.
2: they're not they're not
4: trying that though are they i mean like the the defenders were quite clearly nervous of him Mm. quite clearly nervous of him the fact that and this is what i love from that game on saturday was the fact that blooms knew their keeper was a target and every time we put pressure on their keeper mistakes happened and that's how two of those goals that's how we got two of those goals on Saturday, it was Wheeler and it was sadly. You put pressure on the keeper, Lubala for that first goal, put pressure on the defenders to push back to the keeper, put enough pressure on the keeper and he makes a mistake. It's going to happen. Exactly the same for the fifth goal. You put pressure on the defender to push back to the keeper. They didn't want to go back to the keeper. The keeper plays the shit ball out and Wheeler scores. That is exactly the kind of approach we want to take, and that's exactly why we won 5-2 on Saturday
0: it was very yeah. similar it was very similar the aggressive approach that, that what we saw at fleetwood and obviously it's it's no surprise and you don't need to put 2 and 2 together to see if if you employ that really aggressive high press and we play like with that ruthless intent um that we are going to score goals um the thing that we do need to say though is even though their goalkeeper had an absolute all-time howler and it it really was probably one of the worst goalkeeping performances i've ever seen um it, then th- those goals weren't gimmies. We still had to work for it, and you know some excellent finishes. That goal that Wheeler scored at the end, where it really—you know—I love a goal where it pings against the crossbar and you know hits the hits the roof and net like that. That's not easy, and that could have very easily gone over. That's that takes a lot of skill. Um, so the goalkeeper, terrible show, but we still had to work for those goals, and and we took those chances. We were ruthless.
3: I meant to ask him after the game, actually um so I saw him come out, David Wheeler. Whether whether what was in his head, whether it was going through where he was gonna slot it, where he was just gonna hammer it as hard as he could. Um and I always had that moment of nervousness when it did ping off the bar. Yeah. Thinking is it gonna come down and go out or is it not going to go across the line? He, when it hit that top of that net, that that was just the, the best moment.
0: He twatted that ball didn't oh,
3: he? <laughs> hammered it as hard as he could. I was just think he thought, sorry, I'm just gonna put my foot through it and uh it was good. But the finish from Sadlier for his goal. I mean, I know the keeper was like in no man's land, but he had to get it past both the keeper who was getting up and the guy on the line. It, it was it was a class finish.
4: That's that's my point though. From earlier is that you know we we knew where the weaknesses were. We knew the weakness was in the defenders not having the confidence in the keeper. I think it would have been a different game if Jed Steer was in goal, and I think we probably would have set up separately. But we we set up right for that game. We know that Kone causes problems and to be fair, he likes floating around the front and causing the problems for the defenders. So that's, you know, it makes sense for him to start him. I know, obviously, there probably was Vokes being um, on the bench and and others being on the bench was probably with Tuesday in mind. But Kone was the right choice on Saturday because he causes problems for the defenders. He makes them have to think quicker and they don't want to use the keeper. So it wasn't a case of Peterborough being shit, it was us exploited. Peterborough being shit at the back, which is why we won that game. So it was good game management from Bloomfield to be able to to that. That that that's why it worked.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree that it was really interesting actually chatting to um we were chatting to Lee Harrison outside, weren't we, Damo? Um, and he said they were they were so pleased that um Jed Steer wasn't playing. Um he said, you know they do. They'd obviously done work on both goalkeepers because there was a bit of talk in the week that that steer might come in um but that almost gave them like the motivation that they needed before the game had even started you know knowing that that this goalkeeper who was you know very very poor at playing the style of football that they insist on playing um was playing um and i think lee harrison has to take a lot of credit because he he'd worked out how to how to exploit that? And Bloom said afterwards, you know, I um I tweeted and I put in the in the chat when Vokes came on and scored that goal. That's genius management because Vokes was ready and stripped. Bloom sat him down, and as soon as that corner was given, they were rushing him on. And Bloom said in his interview afterwards that was actually down to Harrison as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know whether it's an own goal or not, um, the fact that Vokes has come on at that time caused a bit of chaos and. And it's led to a goal. I think that's brilliant. First brilliant touch. from the team. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really good. And I think you you saying there about Kone starting down. I think the the second thing that that gives you is Vokes off the bench gives you a completely different dimension. Um and Peter just didn't know how to handle it. Um it 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 was very, very, very bizarre. Um they were very poor at the back. You look at their squad and they should be they should be performing much better than that. Um and again, I was saying to Damo outside. I was chatting to um, Craig mchale Smith's wife and um, and her mum, who is uh, Barry Fry's wife. Um, and they were saying, "Yeah, that's the that's the worst that they've seen them defensively." And Barry was on the phone to uh, to to Darren McAnthony on on loudspeaker. Um, <laughs> and I don't think you could have broadcast any of the conversation, there would have been an awful lot of beeps. (laughs) Um, but you know, whilst they were very, very respectful about Wickham, um, as, um, as Barry Fry always has been to be fair to him. Um, yeah, I don't think that they could believe that the goalkeeper had been given yet another chance. Um, I don't think that they could believe that they'd scored yet another two own goals. We we've had discussions
0: about our keeper uh, at times over the course of the season. You know, Max, uh, he's he's back to form, but he went through a spell earlier on in the season where, you know, he did need to be dropped, and and we did make that decision. If we had this guy in in our side, what would we be saying right now?
3: Loan him out or sell him? Uh, yeah,
4: it's a, it's a different circumstance. I'd
2: be buying a season ticket to Princess Roseborough. <laughs>
1: yeah,
4: they were they were talking after the game about whether he had um, Darren
3: Ferguson's nudes. That's the only way he's getting in the team.
4: Everyone's got someone's nudes for you, Damo, aren't they?
3: <laughs> well, it, it I, I just troll, I just troll Twitter for it, mate. That's all it is.
4: You, you just, but, you just have this perception that London a uh, London Road and and all these different places in the football in the the, the ninety two we've got this seedy underbelly of blackmail with nudes and, are you and saying everything. It doesn't? it's just are you, are you saying it doesn't? Oh it's just a bit weird, isn't
0: it? <laughs> Damo is our BDSM uh resident expert, so uh yeah, let's, let's move away from the chain stuff. Um
4: Yeah. Let's do that. No, I I don't know whether there's an underlying problem with Peter. Bro, I on the keeper thing, I think it's a different circumstance because with Max, he's our number one keeper. With them, they've got a number, another number one keeper in Jed Steer, um, so it is a bit different. That there's something a bit wrong there, um, and is it an attitude problem or what have you? I don't know. But I was going to point out Johnson Clark Harris. He did not look like he wanted to be there on Saturday. I think he was looking for his move away, and he hasn't got it. And I don't know why, because I mean they're 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 high flying, and he's mm. he's the 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 you know the front of a three which mason clark and jay jones where they you know they look very threatening up front you know all the all the double barrels up top seem to be paying dividends for them but i don't know the attitude seemed a bit off from peterborough on saturday it's not what you would usually expect from them it's a bit strange i don't know if it felt like that in the ground or not but i don't know
2: yeah it did 100 percent um it, it's not even like Clark Harris's moves are to are to bigger clubs. There was talk of him joining Bristol Rovers, wasn't there? Mm. Um, which nearly went through. So I don't know what's gone on there. Um, and look, we we've touched on this a bit at the beginning of the season with, um, or earlier in the season with um, with Blooms and uh, the constant need to play that five at the back that we were playing. And and yeah, we've said the the first sign of madness is. Doing what you've always done and still getting the same result and doing it yet again and Peterborough have been doing that for a number of years, haven't they? With um, with Darren Ferguson and um, and the other guy McCann, I think it was, wasn't it? That's it,
0: yeah.
2: And and it just looks like a club that's although they're performing well, it seems that every single season they get to this time of the season and they bottle it. It just seems like a club that's gone very very stagnant, um, and and they need a real big shake up and i think that needs to and start McCann.
1: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think that needs to start with a with a change of manager and coaching staff that haven't been there before somebody to come in with fresh eyes you know they've had a lot of um, a lot of consistency with fry and McCantony being there for a long time um
3: we all know that what whatever they do they're just employed darren ferguson again next season so that's what yeah, it's,
2: it's it's it, it, it is a very very bizarre strategy um, and I don't understand it. And I think it's just allowed them to go stagnant. Um, but look, to our advantage, um, and let's not take away from, from how good a performance that was, um, because we played very, very well. We were the better team all over the pitch. And, um, and yeah, really, the, the team that deserved to win walked away with all three points, which is great.
0: At the risk of annoying uh, the three of you, I would say that if you were an outsider looking at the results on Saturday, you would see that your eyes would be drawn to that, and you'd immediately, if you had any knowledge of League One this season, you'd go, "That's an outlier. That's a bit of a freak result." Um, the thing is, though, is is it's. I mean, it's an unusual result in the it completely throws the the form book out of the window. We we knew that Peterborough had been struggling for their last few games, but all you need to do and this segues us quite nicely into the uh, who we think was the hero of the match, we can only pick one. And uh, it's going to be hard, because the reason why this wasn't such a freak result was because there were amazing performances all across the pitch, from back to front, uh, for the entire duration. Even our subs coming off the bench were absolutely on it on that day. But here's the thing as well. I know we've said about Peterborough not, you know, having some some failings, obviously, known with, with their defensive issues during the game. But they posed a threat. They scored two goals. They were no pushovers. They started the game the brighter of the two. We grew into it. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't a fluky result. We fully deserved all of those goals. We fully deserved to win. And we got that result playing a fantastic performance against a good, strong side. So, with that in mind, hero of the match, gentlemen.
4: Going to count you before anyone that goes to hear the match, and I think it's we're we're more of us having a freak season than that being a freak result because mm. we should be performing well above where we are. We that is that is actually more on level of what we're capable of, and we sure. haven't been before, we haven't been performing to that standard this season. So more than it being a freak result, that way it's a freak season from our point of view.
3: And just on top of that, I just want to say that after our first goal, they 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 passed the ball pretty well before our first goal their heads dropped and we we jumped on top of it, basically. You can see that. I'm struggling to pick a, a hero of the match out of that out of that squad that played on Saturday.
0: Well, I mean, let's, let's go through some of the players that absolutely played a blinder. Um, came Vincent Young. Um, I think that was his best performance uh, in the quarters, and he's shown glimpses of being fantastic, but On Saturday, he was on it and he was brilliant. Um, Playing on the left as well, I think that solves a real problem for us. If he's fit, play him on the left. He was a a nightmare for Peterborough for that side. Um, And I think he was unlucky not to get a credit for that first goal. I mean, from my vantage point, from where I saw it, I, I'm I would be uh I'd be very upset that I wasn't credited for the goal. He was great. Jack Grimmer scored the second goal. I mean, we've talked about Grimmer many times on the pod. He's been fantastic this season and another really good performance. Kieran Sadlier, that third goal, absolutely sublime. Matt Butcher, home debut, was massively responsible for us winning those midfield battles and he was a nightmare all game. Gareth McCleary, assist for the fourth, had a really good game. Kone, assist for the second, had a really good game. David Wheeler, that fifth goal, beautiful. Mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, Bezla um, assist for the third goal. He came on and he was a nightmare for Peterborough's defence. They didn't know what to do with him. Sam Vokes, uh, again, unlucky not to get the credit for that goal. Fourth goal, first touch of the game. Brilliant substitution from Blooms. But I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to tell you who my hero of the match was because Dale Taylor didn't score. Didn't get an assist, but my word, I've been a critic of his at times over the course of this season. His performance on Saturday, again, best performance in the quarters. His hold-up play was absolutely key to us getting that result.
4: He's my hero of the match too. But it's, it's literally, for those exact reasons, he was brilliant and I can tell He's buzzing off the back of that as well because he's 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 definitely up to it. That that's his role though. It, it, it's that number ten. He's not an out and out striker. He's not really got the height and the hold. He has got the hold up, but not in that capacity where you use your target man. He kind of he brought everyone into the play so well, and uh, for for our attacking threat, that was that was perfect on Saturday. I Was really pleased with him. So yeah, I'm going down to Taylor too.
2: I'm going Kane Vincent Young. For the for the single reason that not only was he fantastic going forward, but actually he was really good defensively as well. Um, and we've all criticised him at least once or twice for shirking on the defensive side of his game. But he actually really genuinely looked like he's been working on that. Um, I thought he could have done slightly better for... Was it the first goal or the second goal? One of the goals where mate was running at him um but i think overall i thought his output was absolutely outstanding the amount of time you you know we've seen teams in the premier league playing these inverted wing backs the amount of times that he stepped into into the center of midfield and 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 helped with the overload in midfield i think that had had an absolutely huge impact on the result and um And we missed him on Tuesday. We missed that kind of pace, that tenacity um, on Tuesday. So for those reasons, um, I'm going with Kane-Vincent Young.
3: Kane-Vincent Young was my first thought. The only reason I'm not giving it to him is because uh, how easily he got turned inside and out by that guy. And I don't know why they didn't keep giving him the ball because um, he had him on toast. But apart from that, he had a brilliant game. Um, I am going to agree with the other go- other two guys and go for Dale Taylor. Um, he showed a side of him that, I mean, if he had any goals to that game, he'd be a lower premiership striker because, no. But I just think the way he played on Saturday was just exactly what we needed in the link-up play. So I'm going to go for uh, Dale Taylor.
0: I've not seen that kind of hold up and, and play others in. I've not seen it played that well since the days of Bayo, honestly, you know the ability to trap the ball, hold it up, use your physicality oh. and he's and he's not the he's not the biggest player we've seen um but the way he was able to you know make that space, make the play um yeah I've not seen it done t- to that scintillating level since the days of the beast.
4: It's, uh, I don't know because Vokesy does give us that as well. I mean, the way that he holds up and commands, but it's in a different way. So I get your point about that. But it is it. But the way that Vokesy brings balls down and then just plays it
0: off—that's true. I, yeah. I always see Vokesy as that kind of clinical finisher. He's he's the guy that if you want him, you know, if we're going to score a goal that looks prem level, it's usually going to come off the boot or the head of Vokesy. But no, I, I do I do agree, and uh, we've all respect to our Welsh wonder. Um one one thing that we, we do need to talk we've talked very very positively. Uh we'll, we'll give super secret agent Nico his his flowers. Uh but we we did mention that there was that, you know, that mini slump around the 60 minute mark. And I have to be honest with those two quick goals. I mean, I was I was in the chat and I just said and I, I meant it at the time. I was like we're going to lose this for free. And there was that there was that feeling that oh dear here we go and you could tell that the atmosphere changed but we did so well to hold on and and that for me uh, means just as much as as the five goals and the three points this this feeling that we are showing a bit of steel and we seem to be you know we've been hard to to beat all season I mean we've not been thrashed every single week have we? Mm. But um, there seems to be a bit of resilience kind of creeping back into the side and, and that's very encouraging to see.
3: I had a quick word with Matty after the game when he came out and he even said when well, no, I that second goal went in he thought, right, let's see how we're going to deal with this because he did panic a little bit inside though he didn't obviously show it but he said inside he was panicking a little bit but, um, but obviously, yeah, um, he, he knew the team had it in them and when the fourth, fourth goal went in that was game over.
4: Reminds me of Leighton Orient earlier on in the season because it similar kind of happened and we showed that resilience and fight. But it's actually, I think, more... What's important for me is on the back of G-Max's interview a couple of weeks ago, he's actually backed it up. You know, the, the team have backed up that statement. And I think that that's key is that, you know, there is that fight and resilience in there. So they've just got to kind of build up and keep that. I think that's been bolstered by the new signings. You know, obviously we talked uh, about Butcher that that is it been a massive difference for us in midfield. It's just given that surety um, that usually, obviously, Lee or Josh have given us in the past and and still do. But obviously, we have to either move them about or get injured. Um, you know, we've we've got that now with with Butcher really as well. So we've we've got so much more option in the midfield, which kind of just ties everything up nicely. Um, but yeah, it's just nice that they they kind of really pushing for it my worry was actually at half time when we went in 2-0 up was actually we're just going to sit on it and let invite the pressure on but we didn't so you were carried on with what we were doing and everything paid off that 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 me that for me was the best thing about saturday
0: All right, so we've talked about the sweet stuff. Let's move on to the not-so-sweet, but still kind of sweet stuff. On Tuesday, we travel to Bolton and the grandeur of the former Reebok Stadium, looking to make it four consecutive wins in all competitions. My, how times change in football. Uh, It was always going to be tough going up against Ian Evitt's promotion-tipped high flyers, but the Blues battled valiantly, ultimately going down 2-1 on the night. Uh, boys, uh, a defeat, our first since that horrible and very long night uh, in Wigan back in January. Um, but there were still plenty of positives to take. What did you make of the game, Dan and Adam? You were there. Uh, how was your evening? It
2: was good. It was Dan was cold. I wasn't cold at all. Cold.
4: Yeah. You were wrapped up though. I, I I just went in a hoodie and, and three shirts and then my Wickham shirt on top. So, you know, yeah,
2: Dan, Dan got, hadn't, uh, Dan hadn't dressed appropriately for the occasion. I think it's safe to say being a sovereign soft softy, <laughs> I had about 15 layers on and was actually too hot. I was stripping layers off. Um, but no, uh, going back to the football, which I guess is what we're here for. Um, that particularly that first half up to when they scored, that is what I would describe the perfect away performance as, um, we, our press was absolutely bang on. Um, we said, didn't we Dan, how, how refreshing it was that we were playing a much higher line. We weren't inviting them on to us. We were really, really aggressive. And on another day, you know, we score two or three before they've scored and the game's pretty much put to bed. Um, I like the way that he tried something different um, with Labala up top. Um, I thought he, you know, as much as his finishing perhaps isn't what we would like from a number nine, um, I thought his, you touched on it earlier, Michael, but the way that he presses is so aggressive. Uh, it puts the opposition under pressure. Um, and look, on another night, we could have had a hat full. Dale Taylor could have had a couple. Um Labala could have had a couple. Um, there was chances flashing here, there and everywhere and goals, uh, balls flashing across the box. Um, I was really, really pleased with the performance. Um, and even more importantly, I was really pleased with the reaction afterwards. Um, there, there was absolutely no negativity at all. Uh, players came over to the fans. Um, there was nothing but applause. There was no whinging, no moaning, no booing, no silliness. Um, and I think, yeah, all all around a really positive night's work. But for that really, really, really sloppy goal that we conceded, um, their second goal, which should just never have been allowed. You could, if you were being really hypercritical, you probably could have... Um, you could have criticised McCarthy for their first goal. I thought he could have been perhaps a bit, a bit tighter on his man and challenging more in the air. But I think... At this level, that's always going to happen. Um, but yeah, other than that second goal, I think the performance was great. Shows that there's still confidence in the players. The fact that we kept going until the end, you know, Lehi scored with about eight seconds left. Mm. And they're sprinting back because they genuinely believe that they could come back into it. And I think that's a that's a really good sign and a really nice sign. And it, I think it just puts to bed any concerns that... Um, that, you know, we were going to continue on that horrible run of form that we had uh, over uh, over the Christmas period. So I I, I walked away really positive, um, frustrated because we could, we could have got something out of it, but really positive.
4: Yeah, it's a weird one though, wasn't it? I mean, like, in, in the grand scheme of things, we deserve to come away with something. It was just such a shame that that second goal, I felt like we'd switched off a bit because it just kind of came out the blue. It was just came out no it was way, all of it? a sudden. Yeah. And it was just, it was a bit of, everyone's a bit surprised when it went in. It was like, oh, okay. That, they've scored that. Um, yeah. Look, it was a really decent performance. I think, I think what I learned from it was that Bezler Baller needs a friend um, if he's to play up top because he's, he's just on his own. Not is it, it, we, when we changed our shape slightly from, when you compare it to Peterborough, you know, you you saw the difference when Vokes came on and then Kone came on after, Um, you know, Vokes held up the ball and invited everyone else in. And it was nice that, that, that really worked quite nicely. Um, And obviously Kone, you know, causing a few problems with the defenders and harassing them and getting them to push back to their keeper, who again was a bit dodge. Um, Yeah. but it's you know it's, it it was just one of those where we played really well i didn't feel too disheartened coming away from it but even the atmosphere was a bit eerie for like bolton which is usually quite a decent atmosphere it was quiet it like was dead, it was oddly it? quiet yeah. they seemed really on edge like their mm. fans seemed really on edge all game and considering they capitulated us for the first for the game at adams park you know I, we I came into the game thinking we might get dicks, but we didn't, and it, it was quite reassuring that actually we looked like the team most likely to score in the first thirty minutes. So I, I don't big know.
2: Crowd as well. the,
4: say that again, sorry.
2: It was a big crowd as well.
4: It was eighteen thousand, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it just over so, eighteen
2: thousand. It's huge crowd.
4: But it was just really quiet for a Tuesday, which was a bit odd. Um, I, I think did- only. One point to make, sorry, Damo, before you go into your bit. Um, I, th- I think if Max could actually distribute the ball a bit better, then my God, we'd probably be onto something a bit more. The amount of times we kept saying, is he going to kick it over the half line, halfway line or is he going to not click it out of play or is it going to actually meet a Wiccan player? I think if he works on his distribution a bit more, which he did with when we had Erbil in uh, before Lee came back in, I think I think it would cause a, cause a bit more problem for the uh, for the defense. But it was one of those. I think Bolton kind of picked up on a bit that Max was a bit dodgy with the distribution, and that cost us a bit.
3: Max has, I don't think, been brilliant at kicking since he joined us. Um, and I know he may have worked on it a bit, but he's got better. But he's never been that great. I generally right. think they're at, going back to their atmosphere. I think it's because of the way we started the game. In the first minute, Potts flashed one across goal, and I was thinking, you know, I was up. It was one of those yeah moments. I, yeah, I really thought it was going to nestle in the in the corner first first minute of the game. Hold
0: up. it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points at the death who doesn't love a last minute winner order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app are you in a participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee in terms apply see mcdonald's.com
3: and i think our play caused that atmosphere because they thought oh We're not actually just going to roll them over. And it was the aggressive nature that that May sent them out with. And when everyone saw the team and saw there was four changes and thought, "Mm." but I think the performance showed the depth of our squad now. We can change it and still play a good brand of football.
0: I, I think that the Bolton were just scared. I think they saw what we did to Peterborough and they just went, oh shit, here we go. But um, I don't know. I, I thought that they would have been super confident given the uh, given the reverse fixture. But this this does also, the result and the performance shows just how far we've come in terms of how we're playing and our performances and our overall confidence, obviously massively helped by Saturday. You mentioned, Damo, the changes coming into the game. We made four changes. Um, and uh, among them, chiefly among them uh came Vincent Young and uh Jack Grimmer out due to injury precautions as they said um now when i when the team sheets were announced and I, and, and i saw this i, I was just ah uh, it was just cuz they were so good on saturday and i do think that we missed them um and i don't i just i think it'd be good to get your thoughts on this because there have been there has been a lot of instances of players performing really well in the previous game and for a variety of reasons not being able to feature in in the next game do you think that that lack of overall consistency from game to game has potentially hurt us and halted our momentum
2: i think possibly yeah i think probably we're we're noticing it more than most now because we have a a, a young manager who is much more into looking at his statistics, looking into the technical side of the game. Uh, whereas Gaz was a lot more old school. Um, and you hear blooms quite a lot in his interviews talking about players being players, redlining um, players being at risk. Um, you know, came Vincent young. Um, he, he wouldn't have got two games because he was in the red zone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, to To get us to the end of the season, look, we've got great depth at the minute, but we said this when we were going through our good run at the beginning of the season, we had a, a horrific injury trouble, um, and all of a sudden the depth was absolutely shattered, and I think you've got to use that depth. This is the first season, really, that most games are averaging sort of over 100 minutes with these new rules around added time and stuff. Um and I think that we're noticing it perhaps more than most because Blooms is so different to how Gaz did things. Gaz was very old school. He liked a small squad. He liked to play as many players as he possibly could. You know, in the in the sort of early to mid-days of Gaz, you could almost guess the team, guess the starting line-up. You know, every, every single week, it was only towards the end that he started changing it. And I think Blooms' outlook will will do us very, very well. Um, I do think, you know, there's undoubtedly going to be a second rebuild in the summer. I think you'll see players like JJ, maybe even Voxie, um start to leave. And I think when he gets a real big pre-season with a lot of his younger players, um, I think you'll probably see a fitter Wickham. Um, we've been really unlucky with injuries and I hate harping on about it and making excuses, but we have been unlucky with injuries and we've got to be careful and the key thing that Bloom said after that game was we have a duty of care to our players. Um, and, you know, if Kane Vincent Young had gone out there for the first 10 minutes, I agree with you, Michael, we did miss him as an outlet. If he'd have gone out there and got injured in the first 10, 15 minutes, you know, everybody would have been saying, well, why the bloody hell did we play him if we knew there was a chance mm-hmm. it was going to happen? So, So for me you know modern day football we've got to be adaptable we've got to be able to adapt and i'm not quite sure why why saxon hasn't been given an opportunity i don't know if he's not fit um but maybe know, it's I, too uh, early yeah maybe <laughs> yeah, i love that um but you know i'm just i was a bit surprised that he wasn't involved from the start but you know I, other than that i've I sort of stand by the manager. I'd much rather this chopping and changing, particularly when you look at our fixtures, we're Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Um, or there's a Wednesday game in there somewhere with Bradford. Um, but, you know, if we beat Bradford, we're then going to have another Tuesday game because the Derby game will be moved because we'll be at Wembley. All of these things are going on in the manager's head. If you've got a player who's in the red zone, you don't play him. Um, and I think that's that's what we're experiencing at the moment. The
4: amount of stats that Adams was taught there and using stats to determine stuff, I think paradox or apocalypse is nigh.
2: There was no, there was no stats there, mate. No stats there.
4: There, there was the talk of usage of stats though, and the the inference of that is is worrying.
2: All, all facts, I mean, the my fa- friends.
4: No, they're, they're definitely stats. They're definitely stats. All
3: right, stats. Raffin, but
4: it is. And I also I also think the fact that because he said that Matt loves stats so much that scrawled on his walls in his house. He's just got Bloomfield out in big red letters. (laughs) And then inside of his locker, like the Dexter meme, he's got a picture of Gaz because Gaz was old school and didn't like stats.
2: And he's just saying, oh,
4: Gaz, I I have failed you, Gaz.
2: I have failed you there's a shrine to blooms in lucky's bedroom so i couldn't even speak bad of the guy in my own home (laughs) not that i would want to
4: i'm sure i'm sure knowing lucky as well that that shrine will be encompassed with haribos and starburst yeah as well donations
3: on a daily
2: basis yeah fruit pastels for luke let's
3: um
0: let's talk luke leahy he earned his fruit pastels uh scoring the penalty he's scoring penalties again we'd love to see it it was a well taken penalty too uh he's been playing his confidence has been back up obviously he only featured for half of peterbrook but was uh well very important on saturday uh played well i think on tuesday night um and obviously that penalty is going to do him a world of good
4: yeah it was like austin powers too when he got his mojo back wasn't it i've lost me mojo that was that was Luke Leahy. and that was the, that was the nice redeeming factor from Bolton was the fact that Luke got his got his chutzpah back. I was really pleased with that. I was made up for him.
3: And we, and we we got a goal we deserved. I mean, we probably deserved more more than one, but it, it two two nil flat them. So when yeah. we got the one oh. goal back, it it showed more for me what the game was like.
4: I love the fact that the keeper tried to protest his innocence as well. It's a bit like Oxford. The Oxford penalty is exactly the same thing. I mean, you just, you know. It was assault. not the, not the player out. and Oh, no, I didn't do outright. And, it all, so and if, it well. it, if you hadn't touched him,
3: it's, it's an open goal. So how is it not recorded? Yeah, denying the goalkeeper was, opportunity?
2: That goalkeeper goal was the angriest man in the world. He was yeah. moaning about everything.
3: We talk
0: about the referee quickly because uh, he let a lot go on Tuesday night. There was only one yellow card shown the entire game, and that was to Matt Butcher in the 90th minute. But I saw a couple of, obviously the Wickham bias is coming in here, sorry. But um, there were a couple of challenges from Bolton, particularly one, um, I can't remember the player's name, the guy with the ponytail. And uh, it was a crunching tackle from behind, and that is a yellow card in any other game I've seen this season um didn't even get a telling off by the referee the, no i loved did it, make it? Yeah. i loved it It was good old school good old school reffing but Amazing. you've got to think about the uh, safety of the players though particularly. yeah I, what uh,
3: league one should be a lo- be about yeah. though you have me people at the top you come down here and it's hard
2: yeah i thought it was um i thought it was really good <laughs> um he just let everything go he and he let things go for both teams i don't mind a referee who comes out and sets his stall out and says you know i'm just gonna let I'm just going to let these two teams, players, two good sides, two sides who wanted to play football. You know, we weren't, it wasn't ever a rough game. It wasn't ever a game where it, it was going to boil over and there was going to be a fight. Um, uh, you know, if you said to me, you can have referees like that every single week and risk not having an opposition player sent off one in every three games, or you can have Trevor Kettle every week. I know which way I'm going. Um, he was he was really, really good. Um it was just really refreshing to see actually all the officials, they were talking to each other, they were communicating with each other. Um, you know, the the linesman was putting his flag up and the referee would just put his hand up in the air and say, yeah, I've seen it. I'm not stopping play. They've got the ball, you know, let them play. It was a really good referee performance. And we don't see, we don't see that very often. And we don't say it very often at this level, but, it it was really nice actually walking out. All that everybody was talking about, Bolton and Wickham fans, was how good the game was, how good Wickham had played, um, and how you know Bolton were probably lucky to come away with three points. But but no fair play to the referee because I thought he he could, like you say, Michael, have, particularly early on. There was one or two tackles in that first ten or fifteen minutes that that it, under normal circumstances probably would have led to yellow cards, and I think that would have changed a game. So and I was I was at impressed with his performance. Um, The sad thing is, if he was being assessed, I don't think the assessor would have been too impressed with it because um, it just seems that the Football Association or the FA or or the uh, Referees Association, whatever they're now called, PGMOL, want to come away from that type of football. And I think it made it a real good spectacle under the lights. Good
0: spectacle, yes, absolutely. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up, though, uh, was uh, Chem Campbell. Uh, another very quiet performance. Uh, doesn't seem to be working out for him during the second spell. Seems a bit lost in the pack. And those performances, they're not coming close to what we saw from him last season.
4: No, but what's his full name? That's the question.
3: What? What Chem short for, you mean?
4: Yeah.
3: I don't actually know.
4: Chembert, I think. You think Ch- Chember, Adam? I, I think Chemothy. I think. What's it short for? Chemston. Chemston? Um, I like
0: that. Uh, Ch- Chemal love to see a good performance from Campbell.
3: We <laughs> get <laughs> going on that. I did oh, say to you guys during the game in the chat. I actually forgot he was playing. He did. He did. He did nothing for the first twenty-five minutes, and then so, suddenly he got the ball, and I was like, oh.
2: I think the concerning thing was he forgot he was playing. Yeah, it was uh, it wasn't the greatest performance. But when he actually came into the game, he did look like he had the ability to do something, but he was just he just let the game pass him by. It mm. it it was one of those games where it was a very strange performance because he wasn't kind of like coming inside and trying to get the ball. He wasn't making blinding runs. He was just sort of Ferrying around I'm really not quite sure What it was all about But yeah I, I, I'd i be surprised If he starts on Saturday
0: uh, Hero of the match uh, A few to list off here I mean throw, throw some other names in If you want Freddie Potts I think he had a really good game In general Uh, That pass that set up the pen, obviously important, but he was very unlucky not to open the scoring after 22 seconds. I think he was a live wire once again. Obviously, Luke got his mojo back with that penalty. Max, I know we've talked about his distribution, but I think he had another mostly solid game, and that save in the second half was sensational. He's a wonderful shot software, and I love watching him do it. And again, um, Matt Butcher, I thought he had another fantastic performance. And one thing that we haven't mentioned is... We haven't mentioned Josh Gowan at all for the last couple of podcasts. I hope he's doing okay. Would love to get him back in, but just goes to show how good Butcher is that he's coming to the side and we've not even been talking about Josh. He fits that bulldog role so perfectly.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens on Saturday because um, apparently Josh uh, Josh is in contention for Saturday, so it'd be interesting to see what happens um but yeah there's a lot of competition for places in there as far as hero of the match um all of the above michael um on that max save i don't think actually in the ground we realized how good that save was um it's it's only on watching it again it was absolutely outstanding that was a top level save um i'm gonna go for one that you didn't mention actually or you haven't mentioned in this section um i'm gonna go for dale taylor um other than the uh other than the chance at the end that he really should have buried. Um, I thought once again, I thought, um, and we said it so many times, but playing as a 10 gives him the ability to drop deep and travel with the ball, which he seems to want to do. Um, I thought he was really aggressive. Um, at times he was, um, he was leading the press, letting Labala have a, have a break. Um, he looked really, really dangerous. He was very, very direct. Um, and I, th- I thought he put in a, another really, really good performance, and and hopefully that's a sign of things to come because playing in that position, I think he could be, he could be really dangerous in the in the second half of the season.
3: I'm going to go for Freddy Potts for here in the match because I just thought he was everywhere um, from the first minute to that shot to and he just he just popped up in places. He thought, oh, oh, who's going to get there? Oh, Freddy Potts got to it. You know, I just I just thought he. He must have covered every blade of grass on that pitch, and that's why I'm going for him.
4: Yeah, absolutely, Domo. Uh, if he's got that uh, as a vibe about him where you just know he's going to play at the top level, and that's going to be soon, it is just unbelievable. Totally. totally it. Is. It, 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 it's crazy that even like in the first half, I was thinking, if you, you consciously think it, that. Like, you know, the ball's been played out from the back, but Freddie Potts is in the back in defense because he's receiving the ball because he's ready to go and play it somewhere. And then all of a sudden he's up top and he's an attacking threat. And it's just like, it's nice in some respects that you can tell that we're set up in a way to give him that freedom to just kind of float about wherever he wants in the park because we know that he's just going to play that pass that is just going to unlock the defense or he's going to do a bit of, you, you know something that's going to make a difference it's just i am going to miss that guy when he goes because he is just he's one of one of the better players we've had at, at this club in our football league era Yeah, i really think so the impact he's had for such a young lad is is, is got to be uh got to be recognized
2: we're going to have to have some sort of mourning session when he goes, aren't we? We're all going to have to like, like maybe a little vigil on the pitch at Adams Park. We'll just all sit around the center circle with our candles lit and just, just <laughs> mourn together
3: they say not to fall in love with loan players but it's too late for that it's yeah.
2: it, 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 that, whoever said that
0: is a fool because the uh, the amount of fantastic beautiful loan players that we've had over the years uh, and, and mm. I totally agree um, I agree Um, uh, Freddie Potts played an absolute blinder but he's had a fantastic season and uh seems like such a awesome down to earth kid who just wants to play football hasn't been swept up in the hype uh, doesn't seem to be playing like a youngster who just thinks he's all that um, um, just wants to go out there and play football. Uh I think he's primed for for stardom and uh, I don't think I've seen a player probably since uh Eze that I've really wanted it for him that bad. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's been an absolute uh credit uh to West Ham's academy and the setup that they've got there. Um and yeah, I think there's going to be a few uh, uh a few Less than dry eyes uh, come the final game of the season. Uh, We've we've got lots of football to play between now and then, uh, thankfully. Uh, Onwards and hopefully upwards we intend to go. We return to Adams Park this Saturday in action against local rivals. But are we even rivals? Oxford United. Despite mixed results under new manager Des Buckingham, the youth have maintained their playoff push and they currently sit 6th in the table. Uh lads big game for many many reasons obvious reasons. Uh always love a game against Oxford. Uh they're usually pretty spicy. Um what are your thoughts what are your hopes going into the game? I think I, I guess the big question is is there are bits and pieces that we can take from both the Peterborough and Bolton games. Um as we go into the game on Saturday but how how do we need to set up? How do you want to see us play and how do you think it's going to go?
4: Before we get into the football, can we absolutely commend the club for the actions that they've taken to respect Adam Ankers this weekend? I think what they've done is an absolutely phenomenal job. The level of detail that they've gone down to should absolutely be commended and it demonstrates why this club is fucking fantastic. So hats off to everyone who's organised that and I hope that everyone gets behind and and obviously sings his name loud on Saturday. So yeah, well done everyone, great shout, I think. Great show, brilliant, Brilliant yeah. work. Um, in terms of the football, um, it's nice because Oxford don't like coming to Adams Park, a bit like Peterborough don't like coming to Adams Park. So if we take that same mantra that we did against Peterborough, then I am cautiously optimistic for Saturday. Um, I think it will be a tough game. But again, if we're playing a bit better than we have been, um, hopefully a bit of a bigger crowd, I'm, I'm quite quite excited. I just think, again... If we set up right and we play aggressive football, we'll get good results. And that's that's the thing. We went when we went away, you know, we play quite aggressive up top, didn't we? And we got two penalties. So do we have two it was two penalties that game, wasn't it? It was Looked
3: yeah. Like it was ago. two,
4: yeah. We're getting a lot of penalties this season. It's the style of play, isn't it?
3: Get getting players yeah. in the box.
4: Yeah, maybe so. Maybe we're just diving
2: cheats. <laughs> That's what people think. Oh, sorry, everyone thinks. Yeah, this one for me is um, is must win, um, and I'll tell you why. The a friend of mine who is also the landlord of my local pub happens to be an Oxford fan, mm. and we have uh, we have an agreement that the uh, that the losing team will uh we will have to wear the opposition shirt oh
0: no no in no um, universe does that what
2: happen. have you done there <laughs> so the uh, guy but why yeah. have you done that yeah so lucky Lockie, lucky's little mate elliot who is an oxford fan has got a uh an oxford shirt waiting for lucky chris, oh.
1: uh, chris has
2: got a chris has got an oxford shirt waiting for me and uh and we've done the opposite so i've told him that um if he wants, I'll, uh, I'll do the pod next week in the Oxford shirt. If, no, uh, if you, Oxford you, beat us. So for you will me, not be, you will not be on the pod next week. That is fucking gross. <laughs> for me, this is must win. This is literally <laughs> life or life or death. Oh, um, no. But no, how, how weird is it that Peterborough and Oxford have, have come along so close together. And they're the two teams that we've got really strangely brilliant records against. Um So yeah, I'm, Light like down, taking the positives out of the last two performances. They've had really sketchy form under Buckingham, and I know a lot of their fans are unhappy already. Um, so, so look, let's wait and see what happens. Not too much pressure on them, but but I'm really excited for it. Um, I think it'll be a big crowd. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be a good day, and uh, and we come away with a positive result. And I'm uh, and I'm sat here wearing blue next week.
3: Saturday is going to be one of those games where the away end's going to be packed. I think the last two performances may, may draw through a few more home fans and the atmosphere could be amazing. I'm like you guys, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to, you know, jinx us. you don't you but, don't want
4: to say too much.
0: We're on a bloody podcast demo. Say everything.
3: I don't want to say too much. that so will jinx us is what I'm going to get, <laughs> get to. Um, but if we play the way we have in the last two games, we'll definitely give give them a, give them a game and probably probably get a positive result out of it.
4: Two points before we go into score predictions. One doesn't Des Buckingham sound like a total London character, and two where the hell has it come from? So, I never heard of him. Yeah, he, he's an Oxford lad, but he managed Man by City before, and he's he's one of those like a bit like Kieran McKenna, that's coming through the ranks from a coaching coaching perspective, and then he's gone into management abroad. But he's he's earned his his uh badges and things like that so um has, yeah.
0: has has he though because you you look at his history and it's uh it's unproven in in the English game he's managed New Zealand and teams in Australia and Mumbai, and it's like yeah i think, I think Owen coyle manages over in India these days it's uh i I don't know I thought he was a real unknown quality coming in I thought it was a really interesting. it was an interesting appointment. But I I wasn't sure on the wisdom of it.
4: A League is A League is essentially around League One, League Two level. Um, Just just for similarities, I've obviously I went over there. I was there when it was the inauguration season, and it was at a worse level then. And it's I mean at that point when I was over there, Sean Devine was playing for New Zealand Knights, so that tells you kind of where it was at in terms of skill. But he actually did bring Wellington Phoenix into a decent. Uh, run a form for a club that wasn't performing too well so you know to do it at that level to be fair in front of crowds probably similar to where we are now he's not done a bad job um so you know we can't discredit other leagues i mean mumbai city is a bit of an odd one but yeah you know he's he's done all right in in australia so my second point has any other club ever been managed by someone called des unless it's from the 1940s.
2: Did Des Walker do any management. That's the only uh <laughs> the the only f- football related person I can think.
4: Des O'Connor so, signed every uh, every team time uh, half time team talk with a song.
2: Des Lynham. Des Lynham.
0: I I will agree with you that uh he definitely sounds like another toast of London character. Um I mean in terms of uh, recent record very encouraging we we're unbeaten against them in almost five years uh, that run obviously of course uh contained our very famous playoff final victory in 2020 uh, our record in that time is four wins two draws always dangerous to say overall record is pretty balanced 14 wins 10 draws 12 losses um so yeah it's 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 all to play for i guess um before we go into score predictions, there's obviously been this rumour that's been floating around for a while, and I'd really uh, love to get your thoughts on it, uh, considering the quote-unquote rivalry that... Well, I mean, Oxford mainly say that. But um, the the, the rumours that uh, Oxford, given the fact that they will be looking for a new stadium imminently, uh, there are reports that they are looking uh, to uh, ground share with a club, and obviously Wickham has come up as a potential. Uh, what are your thoughts on potentially having our rivals not rivals as our tenants
2: get out i'm i'm gonna surprise you i'm gonna surprise you here i'm all for it in all honesty looking looking at it from a from a business point of view we we have an asset that everybody has said we need to get as much out of this asset as possible because it's only used once every fortnight uh, and ultimately we can gain a large income In quite a short space of time. By doing absolutely sod all. Um, The stewarding teams at Wickham. And at um, the Kassam. Are the same stewarding teams. Um, So they're all known to the fans. The the two grounds are obviously close. So it makes a lot of sense. Second reason I'm all for it. Is because they're terrible at Adams Park. It would be absolutely hilarious. They'll be in a conference by the time their new ground opens. They won't win a home game. I mean. Yeah, can you imagine them rocking up at Adams Park? They just can't win here. Um, so so no, I am genuinely all for it. I I don't even consider them rivals. I've got so many friends who are who are Oxford fans, and you know, so many contacts. I I don't consider them rivals. I just think that they're a they're a, they're quite a nice club of a similar size to us, with a slightly bigger history than us. Um, who are just like we are, enjoying m- mediocre football at mediocre times. And if they want to come over here and pay us a million quid or whatever it is they would pay us to to, to rent our stadium that they always lose in, then then, then crack on. I'd rather we got the money than, than somebody else.
4: Jinxed it. What are you doing? Fuck's sake, we're going to lose now. <laughs> Fuming. Can't believe you. I'm for it, um, unless they try to go to see if Oxford City will give them a ground. I mean, the fact that Oxford City got more stands than Oxford United have got says something, doesn't it? I
2: think it um, pitches 4G, though, isn't it?
4: Ah, uh, uh, potentially. Yeah. yeah, it
2: is. It yeah, is. I think City's pitch is 4G, mm-hmm. which is why they can't Wouldn't play We'll be
4: that. allowed to the league. mm all uh, right okay fine um yeah the i mean look the situation is is kasama owns the land that it sits on he charges them an absolute fortune so whatever we charge him will probably be a bit cheaper by the looks of it because i know he wants to bulldoze the ground and build some houses by the sounds of it um so it's not necessarily a problem i think the fact that I would be worried if it was a detriment to the pitch, but the guys who do the pitch are doing an absolutely fantastic job. It's one of the best pitches in the football league, let alone our own league. I mean, if you look at Burton's pitch, for example, it's shite. I mean, the fact that the game got called off, if you look at the pictures of the pitch from Tuesday night, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, compared to that, ours is an absolute carpet. and It's brilliant. So I, I'm not worried about the pitch quality or anything being a detriment. So I'd say go for it. I mean, you know, it down the road, it's a bit of extra income, and I don't really care for them, so just money.
3: Income aside, though, would it wouldn't it be funny if they had to go like Kevin to Swindon or something like that? <laughs> That'd be amazing.
4: They wouldn't do that, <laughs> it'd be funny, though. I,
0: I, I think, um, I mean, I, d- I do consider, I, I. Mean, I I don't think it's a fierce rivalry, but I think it's it's a local a rivalry. local rivalry. There's, isn't yeah, it? there's there's locality to it. I mean, and like you, Adam. I mean, um, my business is based in Oxfordshire. Most of the people that I talk to on a daily basis are. Oxford United fans and uh yeah it's right about now where a lot of the banter's beginning so I think they take it just as seriously as we do and anyone that says that it's not really rivalry I don't know if they truly truly believe that uh a bit more of a friendlier rivalry I would say um I I really don't have a problem with with us ground sharing with them really from from the pure kind of commercial side of things really I I love the idea of potentially taking money from them and as Dan says you know it's it's it doubles up the opportunity to to use the ground to get something from the ground. Adam, I know you said that as well. Um, it's it's a bit of a no brainer, really, um, and I don't think it's going to cause that many problems. I mean, Oxford will never, Oxford fans will never see it as their actual home. There's no, you know, and I think there was a bit of a fear when Wasps moved in that we were going to kind of lose the identity of. Adams Park and it was going to be kind of taken over by Wasps. Obviously that never happened but I, that would never happen with Oxford. They'd be here for a couple of seasons and then they'd be off to their you know, two-sided stadium somewhere else. So uh, yeah, if it happens, it happens. I don't think it will happen though. I don't think it happened. I think that they'd probably uh, I don't know. I, I think they'd go somewhere else. I have no idea where but um, Cheltenham. But Cheltenham, yeah. Cheltenham or Reading? Not reading northampton Mm, i don't
4: know everyone goes to northampton loads
0: of loads of different places uh lots of different potential things that can happen but it'll be interesting to see what happens anyway uh lads score predictions for saturday uh nostradamo let's start with you sir how do we think it's going to go
2: on saturday three two (laughs) i've been thinking about this all day i keep changing my mind um it's not going to be nil nil. I think we can safely say that. Um, both teams are really struggling defensively, um, and both teams have got the ability to be really, really aggressive in attack. Um, Dan, I think your your three two is is a good shout. Um, I think I'll um, just for the for the sake of being different. I think I'm going to go four two.
0: Yeah, we're creeping slowly towards uh, the old uh, the old damn prediction. <laughs> we know what's coming, uh, which, which is which is.
4: Uh... Yeah, you you guys always believe that. Uh, you guys, sorry, you guys always laugh when I say five three, but you're slowly veering towards it. You've seen the light now. You know it's you know it's there, and you know it can happen. And your heads have been turned. Gerald you know Oxford United games always end up being like 2-0 or 2-1 or something like that. But I'm going
0: 5-3. Wow. Shock. Shocker. I would have never mm. have guessed that that was coming. Um, I am going to go. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go 2-1 um, to the Blues, obviously. Um, uh, there are goals in it for sure. Um, I'd love it. Well, I wouldn't love it. But it would be great if uh, we won two one coming from behind. So if Oxford take the lead, goes in one 0 at half time, and we uh, we stage a wonderful comeback and and continue to show that resolve and that steel that seems to be creeping back into our game again. You would love to see it, and uh, and I always love it when there's a packed away end and they all leave really early. It's just fills my heart with absolute joy um yeah there we go Uh, we will see what happens but uh happy days seem to be back once again which is wonderful uh that will do it for this week thanks for joining for another episode of the heroes of hp12 if you haven't already please subscribe on spotify and if you're loving the podcast help us out by leaving a five-star review You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, Dan at DanClarkPR, and Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well, and come on, you blues. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18+, plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff. Shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods. All at 50-80% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part?